Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Welcome to another sizzling episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. I'm your gracious host from the East Coast, William Powell, a.k.a. Mr. Ubiquitous, a.k.a. the WTP, a.k.a. the King of DC Media. Tonight, my guest is Dick Dazelle, a.k.a. Count Gordevall and Captain 20, a longtime host of the late night show, Creature feature on Channel 20 right here in D.C. Uh, but before we get to him, let's pause for some brief commercial messages. Actors, are you tired of disinterested agents, low-quality producers, and massive cattle calls? Well, it's time to take charge of your career. It's time to build your brand and own your future. Every actor, new or experienced, is a brand and learning to leverage your talent, craft, and resources is the ultimate key to expanding your opportunities. You need Actors Brand, a series of ongoing workshops designed to empower, fortify, and unleash your potential as a successful performer. Learn more about our upcoming free seminar on Sunday, March 23rd by visiting www.actorsbrand.com forward slash inside acting. All right, and I've got a few more announcements to make. Uh, my man with the master plan, Aaron J. Wiggins, wanted to share the continued progress of the Heart TV series, which premiered back February 8th and aired episode 5 on the Richmond CW channel on March 8th. If you missed this show about uh, the crafty politician named J.D. Harrison, Catch it on YouTube or Aaron J. Wiggins' Facebook fan page or Facebook handle forward slash The Heart TV Series. Capital T, capital H, capital T, capital S, The Heart TV Series. My man, Frank Cisco Anderson, just released a new single, Ella Akbar. You can find that out there on the International DJ Music Pool. You go to www.starfleetmusic.com forward slash record underbar pool forward slash index dot php. 
If you'd like your premiere release to be mentioned on the show, I'm running a special right now, $20 for 30 seconds. Reach thousands around the world. Yes, indeed. You can hit me up at william400 at yahoo.com. And this show is also open to any free will offerings that will help us cover the operating costs here. You can hit me up at william.4007 at hotmail.com. That's for PayPal. So tonight, my guest is Dick Dizel, who plays everybody's favorite vampire, Count Gordifal. And he also played a character called Captain Twain. We're going to touch on that tonight. He was one of my favorite hosts as a child growing up here in D.C. in the 70s and 80s. He does, he's a bit of a renaissance man. He's He's a DJ. I mean, he's appeared in documentaries. He's an all-around great guy, so let me bring him on in. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Good evening, Hello. Dick. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks for coming back on the show. No problem. Always enjoy being on the air with you. That's good. Likewise. Likewise. So now the last time I had you on, we ran out of time a little bit. I wanted to hear some more Captain 20 stories. So tell me a couple of funny stories. Oh, Captain 20 is full of funny stories. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I was just thinking about Captain 20 uh, this past week. I was coming back from Orlando. Or I was actually coming back from Florida on the auto train. And, uh-huh. of course, Captain 20 gave away uh, trips to Disney World by way of auto train in the 70s. And because we gave away the trips, we also had to go down there on the auto train and uh, actually film, using actual film, uh, the promos for the thing. So it was, it was, it was quite an experience. <laughs> but I was, think, I was thinking about the, time, the first time we went down to Disney World. Here, here's Captain 20. Captain 20 is obviously this, this local children's show host in Washington, D.C., and he shows up in front of Disney. I mean, we're talking about in front of all of Disney World. We had the big flower mural in front of the thing, and the crew is there, the the 16-millimeter film crew that Disney provides, and they're going, who the heck is this guy? You know, this guy, purple hair, pointed ears, got a big 20 on his belt. Well, who Who is this clown? They were giving me absolutely no respect. And that was okay because, after all, I was a local host. So we're posing for pictures in front of the Mickey Mouse mural where they have Mickey Mouse done up in flowers, and I'm standing there, and these guys are filming, and we're doing our little spiel, and suddenly this big family, must have been a half a dozen kids, runs up and goes, Captain 20, it's so great to see you here. Oh, boy, this is more exciting than seeing Mickey Mouse. And suddenly the crew was just my goodness, this guy must be important. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the trip was wonderful. So that just, just kind of little memories that, that, that the train brought up. How did that character originate? Well, the captain actually, there were two, actually, two captains before me. Captain 20 was uh, originally an Earth astronaut, played by uh, uh, Johnny K, and I don't remember how his... his K was short for his last name, uh, Calamaris, I think it was. And uh, he uh, was in the, he was, had this spaceship, and uh, he would run uh, gerbil races. And that was, he would run every afternoon. And this was the idea of Milt Grant, who was the uh, general manager of the station. And then uh, after Johnny left, uh, Tony Alexi came along, and um, 
he played the he reprised the role of the captain. Except this time he was a little more futuristic. Uh, but he also ran the dribble races, and he also had some side characters too. Uh, when I came along in '72, uh, Tony had left, and they, they they originally hired me to do Bozo, and they kind of they didn't mention Captain Twenty at all to me. Uh, so I thought I was just being hired to do Bozo, and uh, this was okay because I was really good at doing Bozo. And um, so we get Bozo uh, about three months into it. We get the Bozo show up and running, and it's it's doing well. And we got, you know, everything is everyone's happy. And they said, Oh, by the way, now we're getting to the fall of '72, and we want you to do this Captain Twenty character. And I go, Who the hell is Captain Twenty? And then they gave huh. me the whole background, and I go. Man, that is so tacky. I, I didn't want to do it. And they said, well, excuse me, your contract says you do anything we want you to do. Uh, that's legal. And uh, so uh, I said, well, I don't want to be an Earth astronaut because that's already been played out twice. I want to be a spa- I want to be an alien. So I, I was a big Star Trek fan. So I said, let's put pointed ears on him, put purple hair on him. And I had one of the uh, Janice, uh, Janice Alvey, who was in the production department, she just volunteered to sew a costume together for me. And, and this Captain Tw- alien Captain 20, who talked a lot like this, and talked a little bit like Maxwell Smart, Secret Agent 86, because that was all I could do. And uh, he <laughs> used the, uh, and took the Spock thing, instead of be happy, and uh, changed it to baby happy, and we lots of prizes, space buddies. And but we didn't do gerbil races, we did monkey races. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's my uh, my birth into into the captain. Yeah, what do you think about that new Cosmos show they have on the air? Boy, now you want to talk about a juxtaposition and jump? Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you have to let me let me preface this by saying that I love the original Cosmos. I mean, I watched yeah. it over and over. I was a huge fan of Carl Sagan. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in science. I believe I, 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 I believe I'm a firm backer of everything that was said by the series. I've rewatched it recently and said, you know, this thing moved like a glacier. It was so slow. It was way too slow for the 21st century. So when I watched the new one with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I said, well, they've got to pick this up, and I think they did. I was I think they did a marvelous job. I think I was a little disappointed in one aspect. I was hoping that they would uh, update it a little bit more as far as the content. And I think that's going to come. But I think uh-huh. you know, because, because they had to appeal to a whole new audience and had to assume that the audience had not seen the old series. They, they, they basically did a quick recap of basically a couple episodes of the first series in one uh, but I think it was. I think it's marvelous. I think it. Uh, I saw on uh, on the web today that there are a whole bunch of creationists that are just beside themselves, touting how bad this show is because it's not based on the Bible. But that's okay because it's based on reality. So that's that's my take. Okay. Okay. Now I pulled up your site, countgore.com. And you got a lot of interesting content on there. How do you choose what movies to put up there? Oh, that's very simple. Uh, the movies are chosen because they're public domain, and you don't have to pay for them. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, seriously. No, I mean, uh, there, there are, I have in library about 125 public domain movies, and I rotate them. Uh, obviously, we run uh, 26 movies a year, so that makes it about every four years I repeat them. Some of the ones uh-huh. that are more popular, I repeat more often. But, and then every other week, because those movies run for two weeks, then every other week, that's when the new stuff comes up. Those are the shorts. Those are the, the ones that uh, are brand new films. They're, I love short films because you can tell a whole story in 15 minutes or less, or somewhere around there anyway. And um, I, like this, this week, it's uh, a short called Cam Closer by David Sandberg. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a, he takes a look at uh, a contemporary problem. What happens if yep. you, uh, your cell phone suddenly does some, gives you, show something that is really not there? And what does it right. mean? And I won't go any further than that because I don't want to do any spoilers. But uh, so, yeah, so that, uh, and those folks, I, I, I search the internet for them. I, 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 I audition their, their videos and I get their permission and we show them for, for two weeks. And, and, and I, I'm just, I can't say enough about Creature Feature New Blood because these folks, some of these folks have actually, uh, I've shown over the years, have gone on for very successful professional careers in the industry. That's fantastic. Now, it seems like you do a lot of stuff out at AFI Silver Spring. Yes. So what, yeah, well, well, so what's some of the more interesting things you've done there? Well, it all started, it really all started last, uh, last February, uh, February 2013, which was the 40th anniversary of my first Creature Feature show. And I said, well, you know, why can't, you know, it would really be great if we could host that first movie, which was House of Frankenstein, and do it live in a great theater with a fabulous print. I mean, these people have very rarely seen, I mean, I, have you ever seen one of the Universal Classics on the big screen? Nope. Neither have I. So I said, let's, let's do this. And I had, uh, I had some friends at the AFI, and I said, well, would you be interested in doing this? And they said, sure. So we, uh, we did it. We took the big theater, we packed it, and had a great time. And what I did was basically I, I, I started the film with uh, video clips from my old TV show, Then we did the first, say, 20 minutes of the film, then we broke it, uh, and then we uh, did like we would do on television. I uh, showed some more clips, and then we did some in- interactive video or inter- interactive games with the audience, went back to the movie, broke it again, did some more interactive stuff with some video, and then came back and wrapped it up and uh, gave away some prizes, and everyone had a great time. So we did it in, we did it in February, and then we did it, uh, that was with House of Frankenstein, and we came back and we, we said, well, let's do it with something more contemporary like uh, the Phantasm, and then we did Phantasm. Then we said, well, let's do something really cheesy, like uh, Scream, Blackula, Scream. And that had a great <laughs> turnout. And uh, it was a fun film. I, I had My comment was, I don't know if William Marshall knew that he was making a comedy when he did this. but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the costumes themselves were just so stereotypical of that time period. You know, it was like, oh, these are so funny. Anyway. So that aside, and then uh, then just recently we 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 tried, did it again, and we went back to the Universal package and did the Bride of Frankenstein, and then you know we had so it's been very successful. People come out, they enjoy seeing these films that they either have never seen or haven't seen in a long time on the big screen, and uh, you know we have a good time. 
Yeah, what was the screen, blacklist screen? I remember seeing that in the drive-in theater a long, long time ago. Wait a second, William. If you were in a drive-in theater, you weren't watching any movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, come on. Don't even go there. <laughs> I was a come little on, kid. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come uh, on. No, no. My mom always said, uh, cover your eyes. And something objectionable came out. She's like, oh, y'all cover your eyes back there. <laughs> I probably fell asleep on it anyway. <laughs> but what's your favorite line? Uh, good time was had by all, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And then you know, and that's and, and that's really, you know, all my whole my whole career has been making sure people have a good time. You know, whether it's whether it's the captain, whether it was Bozo, whether it was some of the characters on Kids Break, whether it was Count Gore, and it still is Count Gore. Uh, you know, look. How can we plan so everyone has a good time? And that's that's really what it's all about, entertainment. That, that's right, absolutely, absolutely. So now I take it that you go to a lot of uh, horror film festivals around the country. What's some interesting stories uh, from some of those festivals? Well, let's just talk about the last one I did, which was just recently uh, in Florida at Pensacon. Uh, which is the very first uh, convention. Now, this is an interesting one because it was it was horror, it was science fiction, it was comic book, it was anime, and it was cosplay. And cosplay, for people who are not familiar with it, is is basically is, is kind of a new thing. It's where people uh, purposely get dressed up to look like characters from either comic books or or television or or movies. I mean, the people have been doing this for years, but now it's kind of been formalized. Uh, and we, I went down to Pensacon, and it was a great convention. Uh, I, my, from my standpoint, I was in a great room with Ernie Hudson from uh, Ghostbusters, who mm-hmm. was an incredible gentleman, uh, I, I mean, a professional. I mean, he would come in every morning. He would greet us. We would we'd chat. Uh, and you know he's he wasn't just like a stuck-up star, you know, you know, breaking into money for signing autographs and posing for pictures. He was just yeah. just so personable. Uh, there were um, I was I was talking. I had two uh, voice actors there, Monica Lee, who does uh, Hello Kitty, the probably his most most known voice, but she does 300 different anime voices. Uh, she was actually my, 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 my partner sitting at a table next to me. Uh, I have an interview with her coming up on the show this week, and she's, she's delightful. Uh, uh, Ronald Moore, who did the special, who was a special effects supervisor for Star Trek, was in the room. We had chat hmm. with him. Uh, R.J. Hattie, who was from Face Off, he was one of the finalists in Face Off and in, in the return of Face Off. And he's now back at uh, Sci-Fi. He he, uh, he was someone I ran into there. Uh, it was it was a great convention. I ran into the guy who owns Christine from the movie Christine the Car, and uh, mm-hmm. got to, got to be in the in the car. And we've set it up in a future convention where I'm actually going to get to ride in the car. <laughs> uh, but it was, yeah, this, and and I got to and I got to produce and MC the costume contest on Saturday night. And we had two cosplay uh, people there. Oh, I'm, I'm blanking Monica, 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 and uh, and, uh, and 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 Riddle uh, were the and, and RJ were the judges. And um, it, it was we had you know, like 68 contestants, and we had just a great, great time. And I 
I don't do that many conventions. I probably do maybe six, seven conventions a year, and this and this was the furthest one I've done in a long time down in Florida, and it was it was just great. Mm. Yeah, Ernie Hudson is a hell of a nice guy. I met him at the uh, the awesome con they had here in D.C. about a year ago. He's uh, very down to earth. I'm glad you brought up Awesome Con because you know what? Awesome Con is next month. And it's, uh, wow. it's uh, at the down, it's at the DC Convention Center. Last year was their first year. They did uh, they did uh, I hate to say this, but they did an awesome job. Uh, this year they invited me there. I'm going to be there uh, the whole weekend, um, and uh, we're going to have a great time. I'm, I'm hoping to have a panel uh, uh, around the movie Every Other Day Is Halloween, which uh, is celebrating its fifth anniversary. Uh, and uh, I don't know if we've talked about that. But let me do a quick uh, pitch for it. Sure. Every other day, is, every other day is Halloween. Was actually my first experience at the AFI five years ago. Uh, uh, they they premiered it there, and this was a documentary, and a full feature length, ninety minute documentary uh, made by C. W. Prather, and it covers my career at uh, Channel Twenty and then on the internet as both as Bozo as Captain Twenty and Count Gore Duval. And then it goes on looking at how Gore has related to a lot of the other new and uh, more contemporary horror hosts around the country. Uh, there's some great clips in there from the Bozo Show, from the Captain 20 Show, from my early TV shows, from my Internet shows, some interviews with people who, uh, who were uh, inflicted by my performances. <laughs> uh, uh, as a matter of fact, one of those people, Steve Niles, who is the uh, comic book and the graphic novelist uh, who did 30 Days of Night, he's going to be at Awesome Con, and we're going to have a kind of a, a reunion. I haven't seen Steve in probably about four or five years myself. Uh, so hmm. Awesome Con, Easter weekend, Easter weekend downtown at the convention center. You know, it's going to be, I mean, they had, it's going to be incredible. AwesomeCon.com uh, and incredible number of guests. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was down there last year. It was, uh, I had a sense that it was going to really grow, you know, and it had uh, some of the cats from uh, Walking Dead were there, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was really fantastic, really fantastic. So I want to switch gears here to what's your take on these wimpy vampires? I call them wimpy vampires, like in the Twilight films. I mean, have you seen... Much of a, I guess, in your opinion, have you seen much of a, of a, of sea change in horror films from back in the day, as opposed to say the last, I say the last decade? Well, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, what what has happened is, I mean, you take, you, you go back and look at, say, let's go back and look at the, originally the Dracula from, that Bela Lugosi did, or the Dracula that was portrayed by uh, um, Christopher Lee. Or even Frank Langella, or every every generation does its own interpretation of the legend. And of course, the people who did the newer ones, they're coming off of a, a whole different take, a much more contemporary look. Now, they obviously have latched on, like say the Twilight ones. They they've latched onto a novel, and they've um, and, and and they've they've created. Now now some people say, yeah, you know, it, it's you know, you know. Vampires don't sparkle. Well, maybe they don't, and maybe they took some <laughs> liberties. But, but you know what? They, re, they 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 added some new stuff to the legend. I mean, I just recently was reading some vampire novels 
that totally totally blew away all the old uh, all the old uh, things about you know holy water and sunlight and all this and and created a whole new mythology so yeah everyone's reinventing stuff and you know I, I do I like it personally not so much but you know again I'm not the audience uh, the audience are people 40 years my my junior and this is their new stuff, and if they like it, well, that's cool. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, stand in anyone's way of enjoying something new. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about marketing and branding, and I think it's very important for, you know, whether you're an actor, broadcaster, or whatever you are in this field, I, I like to say that we're all in the communication business, and you've done well over the years marketing yourself, keeping yourself relevant, keeping your name out there. What's been the, the key to that for you? Longevity. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, a lot of times people will say to me, uh, you know, especially the new host, well, you know, how, do, how do I get to be, you know, the kind of uh, a legend you are? And I said, well, just hang around for 40 years and you'll, you, you'll do that normally. Uh, and they go, well, I don't want to wait 40 years. I want to do it tomorrow. Well, that's more difficult. Uh, right. And I'll be honest with you. I, I honestly don't know. I'm not a really good marketer. I, I don't sell myself really well. Huh. I just, I, 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 I don't like to, you know, sister, whatever her name was back in school, kept saying, you know, you don't brag about yourself. You be humble and so forth and so on. And a lot of that kind of stuck. Um, oh. So I, I, I'm sitting here going, you know, I, I, I don't like to go out there and, and, and once I get on stage, I love to perform. But the promotion right. of it is kind of I find I find you know kind of difficult. Uh, uh, so uh, I just I, I look at it very simply. You know if if you if you have a product that is people enjoy and you put it out there and you keep the product good, it's not gimmicky. Uh, it's you're not you're not trying to 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 to, to fool anybody, uh, and and you just you know, let people accept it as it is. People will accept that and and enjoy it, and and you you will get noticed, and and that'll be great. And that's pretty much, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of sounds like old old school and kind of, you know, what the heck's this all about? But you know, I, it is work for me. But I again, longevity is I think the important thing. Yeah, yeah, you got. I think uh, half the battle is showing up. Well, that's the other thing too. You know, you don't make a lot of enemies. You don't burn a lot of bridges. You, you know, you, 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 you in some ways, you got to be a politician. Although I'd never want to run for mayor or governor. Or anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, so yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta be, gotta be cool about it, but. You know, tongue sometimes, but you know, you just basically. Hey, look, I'm just I, in all my characters. Below all my characters, there's just me. I mean, it's it's you know, I, you know, I'm just just a guy. Yep, <laughs> that's right. Now I have to ask you about Cassandra Peterson, A.K.A. Elvira. Have you worked with her a lot? 
Elvira, Cassandra. Cassandra is a delightful person. She's a very talented person. I had the honor and the privilege of inducting her into the Horror Host Hall of Fame uh, a year ago. And uh, okay. she she is a, a delight. She is absolutely stunningly beautiful, either as Elvira or as Cassandra. And depending on the convention, she'll be maybe one or the other or sometimes both. Um, mm. But she is a, a woman of great talent. She's a singer. She's a dancer. She's a horror host. Uh, I don't know if you know it, but she actually was in a, a uh, an Elvis Presley movie. She dated Elvis for a bit. Um, oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, she uh, – and, then of course, she became the horror, horror host out in L.A., and uh, and was able then to market herself. Talk about marketing. Now there's a woman who knows marketing. Uh, she was able to turn that Elvira thing and you know get hook onto the Coors thing and become the spokesperson for Coors for many years in the 80s. Uh, and she has uh, branded herself and 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 the, I mean she's even she's had you name a product including wine and she has had her name attached to it. Yeah, yeah, you see, she's ubiquitous, she's everywhere, I mean, she's, uh, yeah, marketing, that's, that's the key for her. Now, one of the advantages she does have, and it's a, it's a mixed blessing, she is out in L.A. Now, L.A. is, of course, the media capital of the world, compared to Washington, right. D.C., anyway. So, so from the standpoint of once you make it in L.A. and you have the contacts, it's, you can actually go beyond L.A. much easier than you can go beyond Washington, D.C., which doesn't have that kind of uh, built-in marketing availability. But on the yeah. other hand, L.A. is a really tough market to crack because, let's face it, there are, you know, every other person in L.A. wants to be a star. So there are all these people competing for a very, very small portion of the pie. Right. That's right. That's right. That's why a lot of people uh, like to uh, prove themselves here in D.C. and then they, they progress in you know, D.C. to New York or in, and then L.A. And then some people, uh, I, I have some filmmaker friends that say, well, well why would I want to go to L.A.? I can do quality work here. I don't have to, you know, I can be kind of a big fish in a, in a smaller pond. Well, that's true. But on the other hand, I've had friends that have gone to L.A. and they've been successful. I've had friends here from the Washington, D.C. area who've gone to L.A. and been successful, at least on this, being able to make a living. I mean, they may not be yeah. A stars, but they're B stars. I've had people, on the other hand, who've gone out there and have come back and said it, they don't want to have anything to do with it. I've had the people go up to New York and do the same thing. They go, I've been an off-Broadway. Off I even made it to off-Broadway, but it's a rat race. I'm coming back here, and I don't want anything to do with it. So, I mean, it goes both ways. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll okay, tell you one so thing for um, I want to switch gears and okay. we're going to talk about horror movies, something that uh, you're an expert at, and uh, I want you to talk about your top your top five horror movies. Why why are they your favorite, and <laughs> why you think why you think they're so popular? So so your top five. Well, now now you. you I, you know, I, I should have warned you. I hate this question. I really hate this question, but I'll answer it anyway because it's because I like you. I like you. Okay. 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 Uh, you know what? You know what? Okay. We'll 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 we'll, we'll back out. We'll back out. No, no, okay, no. Let's let, talk, let me go. Let's let me talk about let me go there. Top, so you want to go there? Okay. 
I'm going to go. I'm going to go there because you know. Okay. Because I'm going to, but I'm going to redefine it a little. Because I'm going to redefine okay, go it ahead. instead of my five, my five favorite horror movies, my five favorite scary movies. How's that? Uh, this just do five five. Let's just do five scary. The five the five scary. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I say that it. because my, my my number one my number one scary movie is not a horror movie per se. It's science uh-huh. fiction. It's Alien. I loved Alien. And I think uh-huh. Alien holds up because it is the classic. <sighs> Even if you don't have claustrophobia, you're, 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 you're in a situation where you cannot, there is no possibility of escape, and you are faced with a, a, a predator that is, brings about imminent death. And this is just it's a psychological claustrophobic situation, and it, it is... You never know what's around the corner, so I think it, it, that's why it makes it scary, and that's why I like Alien as my my, my number one f- favorite scary movie. Um, okay. Now, other other scary, I I think The Exorcist holds up so well. I mean, again, oh yeah, even even if you are not a believer in 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 the devil and exorcism and all this stuff, it presents it in such a way that you can buy into it, you can believe it, and it will scare the living daylights out of you. So Exorcist is right up there. Uh I think I like Psycho mostly. Uh, I have a little problem with the build-up of of Hmm. the whole build-up of of what's-her-name before she actually gets to the Bates Motel. I think it's a little tacky, but other than that, oh, yeah. once, it gets, once you get to the base motel, it then becomes a really wonderful horror film, and I, I enjoy that. Um, going back to some of the older ones, I still enjoy, I, having just seen it, I love The Bride of Frankenstein. It's no longer scary, but I think it holds <laughs> up well, and you know, you get to see some of the classic actors doing some really good work, so I have to put that in there. I have to put in one of the big bug movies. Um, it's called Them. And, uh, you know, back in the 50s, uh, where after blowing up atom bombs in the desert, people were worried about radiation mutating things. Suddenly you have these big, these big ants. And, and, and it is, you know, it, it's a movie that, that scares you because, at least at the time, it, it, there was a plausibility to it. And, you know, hey... How should I come face to face with a giant insect? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then along the same line, a classic from the same era, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, I've seen it both in 3D and in 2D. Uh, and, you know, it is, it's well shot. It's a, by contemporary standards. It's a little slow. But again, it's, you know, I think it just has everything that makes a horror movie work, at least for me. So those, those, are, those are my five scary movies. Okay, okay. Um, I've always wanted to ask you, is there anything or writing in your future as far as horror or any other genre? Uh, people have asked me to do some writing. They wanted, they've, they've asked me to actually write a little bit about my career, and I'm, I, I've... 
I've, I've played with it a little bit, and I get about three pages into it and realize I'm not a writer, so probably not writing. Uh, directing, no. Um, I originally wanted to, when I first got out of college, I wanted to be the next Orson Welles, the great director, but I found out that that probably wasn't my forte. The, excuse me. The only thing that's actually in my future is a couple of low-budget horror films that people have approached me on, and uh, I'm working on uh, on one of them right now. Uh, some 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 video footage, some some uh, scenes for well, one I've actually shot. And I'm hoping it'll be done, hopefully this year. <coughs> excuse me. Um, which is called The Revenge of the Devil Bat, which is actually a sequel to a Bela Lugosi film. We, we actually shot my footage last year, and uh -huh. I'm waiting for them to get, to get the rest of it done. Um, there's a guy, a guy out of Michigan who did the original The Giant Rubber Monster movie, <laughs> which is kind of a funny thing. <laughs> and he's shooting number, The Giant Rubber Monster Movie 2, and I'll be in that. And then there's a uh, third one that's, that potentially will be out this year. It involves the Count, and it involves a bunch of horror hosts, kind of a, a Rocky horror, Rocky horror horror hosts, uh, sure. a bunch of horror hosts in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a peculiar situation. So that's that's what's coming up uh, outside of the normal stuff we do every week for the web program. Okay. All right. I'm going to talk a little bit about philosophy. I'm going to just I'm going to just jump off the ledge and just ask you, and you can either ask it answer this from your perspective personally or from your character uh, Gordaval. What's what's the okay? What what do you think Gordaval's first? Give me Gordaval's philosophy of life, and then your philosophy of life. <laughs> well, Gore is dead. I mean, he has no philosophy. <laughs> What's the philosophy of death? He, 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 he survives from one beautiful neck to the next. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> now, go, okay. Let, you know, if you had, if I had, and I, I, I have, I have to, I have done the backstory of the count. I mean, over the years. People ask this question all the time. You know, who is the Count? Where did he come from? And so forth and so on. And I've kind of worked on kind of a backstory. And you know, the Count came from Transylvania. He came from he's, he's of the lineage of, of Dracula. Although you know, he's been in America long enough that he's kind of starting to lose his accent. That he's very definitely a 21st century vampire. You know, he embraces technology. But you know, he is also, he, he, if nothing else, he thinks he's he's the, the sexiest guy in the world. And and he thinks just women should just fawn over him, um, and that's fine. He he enjoys that, and and you know mostly they do. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so so that 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 that's Gore. He, he you know he he doesn't take himself too seriously. He doesn't take horror movies too seriously because so many of the ones he shows are so bad. Uh, but he also doesn't like to really put anything anyone down. I mean he he's not he's not a. Uh, uh, an evil guy. He's, he's not going. He's not going to embarrass people too much. You know. I mean, he's he, so he's kind of a, a nice guy vampire. Okay, and that's probably a little bit of me coming through because I also don't like to put people down and so forth and so on. So, so that that's the philosophy of the of the count. You know, he he likes to have a 
a good time around the ladies and show bad horror movies and, and make sure people have a good time watching them. Okay. All right. Good, good. So that sounds like it's pretty much, uh, at the end of the, like you said earlier, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's you underneath those characters. Yeah, and, you, you know, you do separate. I mean, they, look, every once in a while, like every other, like every other actor, you know, you, you, particularly after you play a character for long enough, you kind of get tired of it. And, I, and I've seen horror hosts burn out on a regular basis. I've done it a couple of times, you know, where you just got to take a break and say, okay, I need to separate myself. got to do something else. i got to go, I, I won't say I go fishing because I don't like fishing, but i got to do something else. And then, and then <laughs> you know, okay, you got to come back and do this. And, you know, people say, well, are you ever going to retire? And I go, when did I ever start working? You know, <laughs> it's like, well, this, is, this is fun, you know. But, you know, someday, you know, I look at Zachary. Okay, he's 95 years old. He still, he still is Zachary, and he still does conve- a convention or two a year. And he doesn't hang up the cape. So, you know, people say, are you going to ever, ever quit? And I go, every once in a while, I say, yeah, I want to hang up the cape, maybe for a couple of months. Uh, but, you know. So, you know, it's every character ha- takes a toll on a person as part of the person. You try to separate them. Captain 20 was different than Bozo, than different than Count Gordival, and they're all different than me. I'll, I'll be honest with you, between you and me, okay? And you, you know, you know the business. One uh-huh. of the things I tried to do when I first started in this business was to keep my personal life and my professional life totally separate. It uh-huh. didn't. It didn't help me when it came to getting extra work, like voice work or whatever, because I, you know people didn't know who the person was behind these characters. But you know what? It did provide me with uh, a very rich private life. I mean, I very rarely did interviews as Dick Dizel. Most of the time, I did them as the characters, and no one knew who the character was. I would never acknowledge who the character was behind, who the person was behind the characters. So, mm-hmm. so, so you know, you, you try to keep that separation. I was successful in doing that. Uh, I think now that I've gotten to the point where I've established that, that, that curtain of separation that I can now say, okay, now, yeah, there's Bozo, there's Gore, there's Captain, and oh, there's Dick. He, he's over here, and he, he's comfortable now by himself. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's, that's good, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you have to compartmentalize a little bit, and that's that that could be a good thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're not even talking about one of the interesting things at the at Pensacon. I was talking with these voice artists, and here are these like uh, Monica Lee. She's done three hundred different character voices. And I'm going, uh-huh. oh, gosh. But you know, very few people remember the fact that on Kids Break, which we did at Channel Twenty, which is the program that I got my Emmy for. I did 11 different character voices and characters, most of them puppets. And hmm. that was a great, re- I was an incredibly rewarding thing for me. Uh, I mean, we did um, uh, Madam Memory, Timmy Time, Chef Combo. Chef Combo, actually, my, the voicing for Chef Combo was actually a national thing for the uh, National Dairy Council, in addition to the stuff we did locally. Uh, Howard Hughes, who was the host of the show. I mean, I mean, Howard Hughes, yes. Hey, everybody, Howard Hughes, welcome to the kids' break, yes. And we had a great time doing the voices. Um, and so, so yeah, you, you got, but you carp, you're right, carp, 
compartmentalize all of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, we're down to about 55 seconds, so uh, anything else you want to plug? Yeah, so you can plug uh, Awesome Calm. Anything else you want to plug? Okay, this week, Monica Lee, voiceover artist, uh, uh, Hello Kitty, www.countdoor.com. Awesome Con, Easter weekend, next month. We're going to be there. In addition to me, we've got Kevin Sorbo. We've got, oh, Jay August Richards from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Buffy. Uh, Billy Piper from Doctor Who is going to be there. I mean, and a bunch of people. And by the way, we mentioned earlier, guess who's going to be there also? Ernie Hudson is going to be there. He's going to be there uh, Easter weekend. So that'll be great. Um, so those are the two big things coming up. Well, thank you, Dick, for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm uh, really excited for you about Awesome Calm, and uh, definitely have you on again. Oh, what? Oh, I got to do it one more time. I got to say this though before we go, real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, I mentioned I mentioned every other day is Halloween, having its fifth anniversary. That is an incredible documentary. Even if it is about me, I hate to promote it because it is about me, but it is a great little movie, and it has lots of clips of the characters, and it is available both on Amazon and at my website. So, you know, that, it is available on DVD. So i got to say that. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Well, uh, I want to uh, wish you a blessed night and a blessed week, man. I'll definitely have you on again, and uh, I just really enjoyed it. Well, thank you very much, William. It was a pleasure. I want to thank the audience for listening. I thank everybody for, for helping, helping make my career so, so meaningful, and it, it, it really has been a wonderful, wonderful run for the last 41 years. And uh, thank you all very much. And I wish you many more. Thank you. All right. Okay. Well, have a great night. Okay. Bye now. Bye-bye. And I want to leave all my listeners with this quote from Jeremiah 2911. I know the plans I have for you, not disaster, but to give you a future filled with hope. Night. favorite cars that get most of my job done. Conjunction, junction, what's their function? I got and button or they'll get you pretty far. And that's an additive like this and that. But that's sort of the opposite. Not this, but that. And then there's or. O-R. When you have a choice like this, 